Welcome to the Association of Schools Advancing Health Professions, a leading source for interprofessional collaboration to improve health. Useful insights about publishing in this organization's Journal of Allied Health can be found in a top podcast series featuring episodes narrated by its editor, Dr. Thomas Elwood. Listeners not only will obtain valuable information about transformational developments in the wider world of journal publications, but also views on peer review and reasons why manuscripts either are accepted or rejected. So listen, learn, and enjoy. Welcome to a series of podcasts based on editorials that were published between 2008 and 2020 in the Journal of Allied Health. These items are a companion piece to a book in both print and ebook formats that is entitled From Fish to Philosopher. The editorials represent an effort to convey how the journal continues to evolve from one quarterly issue to the next by reflecting changing sets of circumstances during that time period. The intended audience consists of prospective authors who consider submitting manuscripts to the Journal of Allied Health. They will have an opportunity to learn about some inner workings of this publication. A second group comprises readers and listeners with a broad interest in the universe of professional periodicals who may benefit by learning more about various topics such as open access, impact factors, gender-related issues, predatory journals, and replicability. Episode 34, Winter 2018 Issue, The Protean World of Journal Publications. Once upon a time, not so long ago, the acquisition of new information and knowledge contained in journals occurred at a relatively slow pace. Individual subscribers had to wait for the latest print issue to be delivered by regular mail. Readers, not so privileged to enjoy their own personal subscription, had to wait until the most recent issue arrived at a college or university library. Even then, extra time was needed to catalog the periodical and place it on a shelf for readers. Given that there may be only a single copy to meet the needs of multiple readers, the waiting period would be extended further, especially in the era prior to the availability of copying machines. Fast forwarding to the present day, not only are periodicals from all over the globe accessible through libraries at academic institutions, but for some journals, the latest issue even might be dated several months ahead of the current month. This acceleration has been accompanied by other developments that have affected the publications industry. Examples involve journal subscriptions and retraction of articles that occurs. Are journal subscriptions coming to an end? Research funders from France, the United Kingdom, and the Netherlands have unveiled a radical open access initiative that might change science publishing in the next two years. National agencies in Austria, Ireland, Luxembourg, Norway, Poland, and Slovenia also are participants, along with research councils in Italy and Sweden. The 11 agencies together spend 7.6 billion euros, which is approximately 8.8 billion U.S. dollars, in research grants annually and have indicated they will mandate that beginning in 2020, scientists they fund must make resulting papers free to read immediately upon publication. The papers would have a liberal publishing license 
that would allow anyone else to download, translate, or otherwise reuse the work. As written, Plan S would bar researchers from publishing in 85% of journals, including influential titles such as Nature and Science. According to a December 2017 analysis, only approximately 15% of journals publish work immediately as open access, financed by charging periodical fees to authors or their funders, negotiating general open publishing contracts with funders, or through other means. More than one-third of journals still publish papers behind a paywall and typically permit online release of free-to-read versions only after a delay of at least six months in compliance with the policies of influential funders such as the U.S. National Institutes of Health. The European Commission has not signed the plan, nor have Switzerland, Sweden, and Germany. Some reasons for failing to do so include doubts over the tight timetable and because of the way the plan mandates recipients of public funding to specific forms of open access. Publishers have expressed serious concerns, particularly about the banning of hybrid journals, which make articles immediately free to read for a fee if a scientist wishes, but they keep most studies behind paywalls. Some notes on retractions. The journal Science, working with the blog Retraction Watch, sought to gain unusual insight into one of scientific publishing's most consequential but shrouded practices, retraction of articles. An analysis of approximately 10,500 retracted journal manuscripts shows the number of retractions has continued to grow but it also challenges some worrying perceptions that continue today. The rise of retractions seems to reflect not so much an epidemic of fraud as a community trying to police itself. The data confirm that the absolute number of retractions has risen over the past few decades, from fewer than 100 annually before the year 2000 to nearly 1,000 in 2014 but retractions are relatively rare. Only about four of every 10,000 papers are retracted. Although the rate roughly doubled from 2003 to 2009, it has remained level since 2012. In part, the trend reflects a rising denominator. The total number of scientific papers published annually more than doubled from 2003 to 2016. Generally, Journals with high impact factors have taken the lead in policing their papers after publication. Periodicals with lower impact factors also appear to be increasing their standards. Many journals use software to detect plagiarism in manuscripts before publication, which can avoid later retractions. Relatively few authors are responsible for a disproportionate number of retractions. Only 500 of more than 30,000 authors named in the retraction database, which includes co-authors, account for about one quarter of the 10,500 retractions analyzed. 100 of those authors have 13 or more retractions each. Those withdrawals are usually the result of deliberate misconduct, not errors. Nations with smaller scientific communities appear to have a bigger problem with retractions. 
The database includes a detailed taxonomy of reasons for retractions taken from retraction notices, although a minority of notices don't specify the reason for withdrawal. Overall, nearly 40% of retraction notices did not mention fraud or other kinds of misconduct. Instead, the papers were retracted because of errors, problems with reproducibility, and other issues. About half of all retractions appear to have involved fabrication, falsification, or plagiarism, which are behaviors that fall within the U.S. government's definition of scientific misconduct. Behaviors widely understood within science to be dishonest and unethical, but which fall outside the U.S. misconduct definition, seem to account for another 10%. Those behaviors include forged authorship, fake peer reviews, and failure to obtain approval from institutional review boards for research on human subjects or animals. This editorial had two references. First, the author is ELSE, E-L-S-E. Radical open access plan could spell end to journal subscriptions. It appeared in the journal Nature, volume 561, on September 4, 2018, and it's on pages 17 to 18. Second, Brainerd, B-R-A-I-N-E-R-D. Rethinking Retractions. It appeared in the journal Science, volume 362, issue 6413, on October 26, 2018, and it's on pages 391 to 393. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more about the Association of Schools Advancing Health Professions at ASAHP.org.